Good morning, and thank you for joining me once again for the second day of devotions from the New Testament. We're in the Gospel of Matthew, and we're going to do four chapters today. It is the one uh, day uh, that we're going to do four chapters. And so we're going to do uh, chapters four through seven. Uh, The reason I chose this particular uh, section to add an extra chapter is uh, this section is inclusive of the Sermon on the Mount. So there are three chapters devoted uh, to the Sermon on the Mount. And so if you uh, have a Bible and can open it to Matthew 4, our focus today will be a portion of uh, the Sermon on the Mount, that uh, uh, chapter 5, verses 17 through 20. So in chapter 4, we have the record of the temptation of Jesus and the beginning of his ministry, inclusive of the call of his disciples, and then uh, this this great sermon that we call the Sermon on the Mount uh, begins in chapter uh, 5. And I think we could, uh, we rightly can say that, that much of it is concerned with the exposition, the explanation, and the application of the law. Uh, that the law goes far beyond any type of external or superficial uh, obedience, uh, that the law demands uh, perfection, and that uh, ultimately, under this law, all men are guilty. And so Jesus comes uh, preaching the good news. He calls for repentance, but uh, he is emphatic that the good news is necessary because of the bad news that all men are guilty uh, before him. And so uh, the sermon begins with what we call the Beatitudes, the blessed attitudes of uh, the believer, and then uh, speaks of the the nature and characteristics of those that would uh, follow Christ. Chapter 6 includes uh, the Lord's prayer and admonitions of uh, how it is that the believer or the disciple uh, is to live. And then chapter 7, the concluding uh, warnings and uh, admonitions of the sermon. And so with that being said, let's look at our uh, focus this morning. uh, We're in verse 17. Jesus says this, Do not think that I've come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Uh, For truly, I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot will pass from the law, until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And so Jesus offers a a corrective uh, here. He's going to be accused of uh, discrediting, of uh, disobeying uh, the Old Testament law, but he makes sure uh, that uh, uh, he wants them to understand that he is not setting aside the law. The law is never set aside. The law is binding. The law uh, is still um, applicable even to us uh, today in that it informs us as to how to live. And, of course, it is an emphatic, uh, 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 statement of the reality uh, that we are sinners in need of a Savior. And so uh, Jesus comes 
And he actually obeys the law. So in that, he fulfills the law. And then, of course, he is the fulfillment of the promises made uh, by the prophets. And so uh, all of the things that God uh, had said, that is, that all that God had said under the Old Covenant, uh, will come true, and it is binding upon uh, men. And so these things are uh, enforced. And then uh, kind of the final word Jesus uh, says here in this particular section, For I tell you that unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. So how is it that um, we uh, can exceed uh, this type of righteousness? Is it being more diligent, more passionate, uh, more attentive to the details of the law, and we, we work harder? Uh, certainly, uh, because this law has been written upon our hearts. That's, a, uh, in, in a sense, the essence of the new covenant that God uh, works in the believer and gives us a, a love for the law and a love uh, for obedience. Uh, that, that love and obedience is never perfect in this life, uh, but we are oriented toward pleasing God. But ultimately, our righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees because the very righteousness of Christ, that which he actually performed uh, as God incarnate, as the virgin-born son of Mary, as the God-man, that righteousness which he actually did, namely his perfect obedience, his perfect fulfilling of the law, is applied to us. And so uh, we are righteous in Christ because he gives to us as a gift of grace received through faith his perfect obedience, his perfect uh, righteousness. And so in his death, he atones for our sin. He cleanses us from our unrighteousness. But in his life, uh, he uh, earns uh, obedience by what he did, by his faithfulness to God's law. And so those deeds of righteousness are given to us as a gift of his, uh, of his grace. So that is why we can say we are righteous in Christ and our righteousness has exceeded that of the scribes of the Pharisees. And that indeed is good news. And so I pray uh, that this is a blessing to your day and I'll look forward to seeing you once again tomorrow.